right, this is post-apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. John brought up the other day that uh, Escape Room movie is coming out, mm. and we were baffled that that didn't happen How before. How not already have, like, a series of movies? Like, we should be on number three or four right. of Escape Room, and... It's funny how, like, our, our, my theory was that everyone had one, but no one wanted to jump the gun. Right. It's like, oh, well, everyone probably has one in development. And then when just enough time had ha- passed, like, oh, crap, no one's done it yet. Talk about it like a gift for horror. I mean, escape, like, everybody's doing them. They're becoming more and more popular. Yeah. I mean, that's why, this, I guess, this, they made this movie. But you think people jump all over that, like, as yeah. soon as that came out, especially horror. That seemed just waiting. That that's a Doberman waiting to be written. <laughs> Doberman. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's like so. Wait, people go into a room to get to escape. You mean you just can't? It's basically Saw. Yeah, I mean, Saw's ba- in multiple rooms, but you know someone's watching, and then your goal is to escape, but you're there under peril. You're not going there on your own free will, right? Because we did see that one movie, Fun House. I know it wasn't. It was. Um, I think a clown was the killer. <laughs> Everything just sort of merges together. It was um, young kids in a oh, farm right, setting. Right, and right. it was everything about it was sort of right, except it wasn't good. I mean, a lot of these aren't good movies. Right. And I feel bad for not having the actual credits in front of me because I like to give people, even if we tell terrible stories about it, I like to give credit. <laughs> but there was something interesting about it oh that was it Uh, i remember parts of it now that they were interrogating someone at the police station but it was clearly a basement like a basement (laughs) the quote and air quotes police station and then it was like a folding table so almost everything was right because i think they had they were tight with a light and it's like oh this looks pretty good then they went to the wide and it was like a cinder block wall a folding table and clearly a basement it was like a wood door yeah, it's just like, I mean, I don't know if it's, we just have like another day to shoot. Let's just shoot in my basement or whatever. But right. it was just one of those things where you're just like, just change the location or, because yeah. this looks terrible. It was <laughs> bad. But it's these people that have it, they don't realize less is more sometimes. They had the one shot and went, oh, cool. They got it. They were in right. a police station. Then they got greedy. Yeah. And they went to wides. And it's like, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of sort of worked in the close-up. Sort of yeah, worked. Yeah. But still, I mean, passable. Yeah. But then when you go to the wide and you see all your flaws, yeah. I mean, even even big movies, even Spielberg movies, you know, they don't dress all the set because they're only going to use a certain size of the frame because the more you do, obviously, the more money it costs, yeah. more time it takes. Um so if you, if you know you just have a basement for a police station, yeah. you know, well, that's do, do it in the close-ups. Isn't, isn't like a lot of those movies, I know like the big effect movies have production meetings that last like two weeks, but generally isn't it like a two-week production meeting almost for, because you have a general one and then you start doing department production meetings for, for like movie, real movies. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know things like Guardians and, and Iron Man, that's probably a month worth of meetings with every single person yeah not so much i mean that's different than a per se production meeting but i know like some production meetings last days because i mean you're going through a 200 page script right page two <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think it's you know all told you know several several weeks it just depends yeah. um marvels several months yeah 
I mean, these moves you watch, I mean, I don't even know if there is one. But. No, but I mean, that being said, was like you're saying, it's like in a production meeting, when you go to one, every department, except for post, which usually for TV, we generally just sit there and internet until yeah. someone looks at us going, right? Yeah. And then we just agree. Sure, we can do that. Um, generally, though, if it's a family-based mm-hmm. show, like uh, when I did like um, a trophy wife or whatever, if we're in the living room, it's like, all right, everyone, the kids are in the living room uh, watching TV. I'd raise my hand. Hey, are we going to see it? Do you want anything on the TV? We're never going to shoot that angle. Great. And then we move on. And then I don't have to get playback. Like you're saying with the Spielberg thing, it's like, okay, we're going to be in an interrogation room. All right, do we need a full room? No, no, no. I'm going to have one shot medium. So I only need this much. Great. Yeah. And, you know, and actually <clears throat> we're going to shoot it on this other uh, location. We're going to be back. We're going to use the back room. Okay, great. Then they know what to decorate. Right. So. I mean, yeah. And it's, you have someone like Spielberg. He's going to know what he can shoot. He's going to, sh- he's going to choose the aspect ratio, depending on uh, a lot of different things. If he wants to work with actors, mm-hmm. uh, mostly he's going to shoot in one eight five. If he, if it's like a big, you know, VFX heavy, whatever, he's going to shoot like scope, like a two four zero. Yeah. He knows what he wants to, you know, where he wants to put the camera. Yeah. He does know, um, side note, sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. I remember just on that note, Martin Scorsese was shooting, I think I told you the story, was shooting uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> this is the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio is about to quit. Okay. And he's like in the office telling all the employees he's about to quit. So they're setting up for this shot. And uh, uh, Scorsese invites Spielberg over because he's in New York. So he comes over to visit, and so he's on you know, Video Village and stuff like that, and he looks at the camera, like he looks at the angle, he looks at where they're going to shoot, and what they're shooting, and he leans over to Scorsese, and he goes, are you sure you want to put the camera there? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it would be more powerful if you do this, and he just launches into like his theory and his setup, and Scorsese goes, oh my god, you're right, I should definitely do that. So he knows exactly, and he's known yeah. since he's like three where yeah. he wants to put the camera. Oh, that's hold on. Yep, yeah. you're completely oh, dead oh. for one second. All right, now I hear you. All right, since oh you ended with he knew what he knew what to do with his camera yeah, since he was Spielberg three. Spielberg knows exactly what he wants to do with the camera, where he wants to place it. That said, that crew and that producer of the film will go look. I know he said he only needs this right he only wants to dress this part of the set but have it ready where you can dress up the whole thing because if he wants to go anywhere else we got to make sure oh yeah yeah. he can go don't worry i have the money i budgeted for it you know whatever that said it's very it would be very advantageous for an independent director or a director with a low budget movie to really know you know where you want to go we want to see so that you don't, because you don't have the money, you don't have the time to like dress only what you can. Right. And I think that, for instance, when we're talking about the basement for the police station, yeah. you just go, okay, well, what if it was, what if it were outside, outside of the police station? And then you just find a place that could yeah. double as that, just outside somewhere. Yeah. It would just lend more verisimilitude, authenticity yeah. to the, uh, to the thing without much, yeah, you know, uh, effort. You know, it's just in those production meetings, you'd sort of would sort of hash that out 
We do production meetings in TV. It's so great because, A, one of the good things about posts is you can be, from for the most part, an observer. Because yes. you're not getting called on. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing Supergirl. Uh, right. Any of the, any any show that has like altered carbon, yeah. Any of those shows, post is going to be there. You're gonna have visual effects artists. You're gonna have a lot of people. A run of the mill TV show like uh, I guess you know like a Will and Grace or The Middle, anything that's just a family talking, post post is there as an observer. Right. Yeah, and so you get to see production. It's basically production putting on their show while you just sort of watch. Yeah. And every now and then they'll go. You got that, Rob? You go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you, whatever you say, we can do. I yeah. don't really need to be here. Yeah, no one's re- reinventing the wheel yeah. on the show. Are you going to put a green screen? You want us to do something post? Sure. Yeah. And the most I'll do, it's like, so you're only going to stay in this one shot. Yes. Then we get the footage and they move the camera the whole time. And it was like, all right, well, well yeah, I'll well, deal with it. Why, why was I? But <clears throat> what, what else can you do? Nothing. Yeah. You just deal with it. So you already shot it? We're done? <laughs> All right. Never going back. All right, yeah. we'll deal with it. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's what I liked about you know multicam as a when I was a post PA being on the floor and just you know on show nights just sort of like I, my job happens after all this is done. Yeah, everyone else is running around. I'm just here, just observing. Yeah. Um. So you get to see what all the departments, you know, kind of go through. And so when you have like a production meeting, you can. Hear all the departments and deal with them. And, you know, what we deal with is we deal with a lot of department heads who, you know, are really good at what they do. So it's nice to sort of see, oh, you need this, this, him to have smoke coming out of his head. Oh, well, I have this thing where I can do this. And I can, and it's kind of cool to sort of like, especially on like a Supergirl, the same thing. There'll be a lot of special effects, like on set special effects that, you know, um, they'll talk about too that have. You know, not much to do with post. And also, in those meetings, you probably want your visual effects supervisor there, yeah. too. And so they'll sort of talk to that person. And that's a, on the show that shall go unnamed, which may or not, may not be airing. Did Our he, visual effect guy was there yeah. for all of it because we did so many visual effects. And he sat in the meeting. But he didn't really ask any questions because then he knew that would slow the meeting down. So he just listened and then would pull everyone to smart. the side for yeah. Because then it's just going to get nerdy. So what lens are you going to yeah. use with the green? Oh, Jesus. And then you have Transpo there going, do you want a car or not? Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but also, too, uh, yes, production meetings isn't a luxury for everyone unless you're unless you're really thinking out your film. But also be willing to rewrite. Like, you could sit there going, do we need to go to the police station to have this interrogation? Can we just have it here? Would it be better just to talk to them in the room we're in? If nothing's going to work, rewrite. Right. Like, your scene will still mean the same thing. As opposed to, no, we're in a police station. Are you? It looks like a basement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think it's, you know, to be fair, the ze- which I have a lot of affection for, the zeal for making movies to say, oh, we can do this, we can do that, with no real, quote, unquote, training or right. anything. You're just going to go, oh, we'll use Ted's basement for... The police station. Right. We'll use this for that. This will this will be cool. This will and maybe even really think. Oh, this this could really right. double as a police station. Can't. I mean, like you wouldn't use like the Los Angeles Water and Power Building for a police station. I don't think any like real production would do that. Right. But doesn't you matter know. if you're young, 
like a rookie <laughs> or old. Or old like a rookie. <laughs> um, oh my god! Inside. And- very inside um it's very much like when we watch a lot of these movies like metal face or playing with dolls or whatever you want to call that movie it's both actually um monday morning that monday morning quarterback what i would have done right i can do that and it's so easy to do that and not do that I, i can still very much appreciate that barn clown movie which for the life of me i can't remember but like you said that enthusiasm that they created a movie it's like they did it we're watching that. Yeah. Whatever whatever they did, regardless of the view count, someone is watching that, and that someone is me or us. Like, we are watching that movie, and we appreciate your, your tenacity to make a movie. Yes, because of what we do, it's easy to complain if you're not doing it. Like, if right. you're someone that's not in the business, I mean, anyone can complain. It's the fucking internet. But you can complain but not know why you're complaining. Well, that was stupid they did that. We can look at it going, look, they shot at that one house. They were trying to make it work. Yeah. But you could have also, we know how to make the solutions. Well, right. not like we're the only ones, but we have the ideas. Like, right. why not just rewrite this one thing? And then that would, I would be okay with that. Like, I'd watch a movie going, well, that makes sense why they're there, as opposed to really, this is supposed to be a police station. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, this, I mean, it's just like the blank page. So much you can do with the blank canvas, yeah. blank page. Like, if you're at one location, there's so many ways you can shoot it that can be interesting, mm-hmm. that could be, that could work, you know? And a lot of people don't have the sort of the vision to do that or don't put the time in yeah. to do it, you know? You know, I just think that something like filmmaking where it's a collaborative art and is so exhausting and involved with so many different people, I think you just sort of have to spend your... Uh, time wisely you know yeah. you only have a finite amount of time and so like you have to like spend it the most you have to sort of be strategic about it and say okay locations you need to spend the money there and the time there if not the money you need to spend the time on the script you need to spend the time on the characters there's only a few things that you really need to spend time on i would say secondarily you should probably spend time on like costuming and color palettes and stuff like that things that I think, like you said, invisible. We don't people. Most people don't know why they like something, but they know they like it. Well, I think too, and in some of these people, that when we see a progression of films, it's like, oh, this person has ten more films. Let's see how they do. Some don't learn anything. Yeah, and it's still fun. It's like, hey, I'm having a good time watching their film. And then there's others where you're just mad. Yeah, it's like you have everything. Like playing with dolls or whatever. Metal Face. They made a competent movie. There were just a lot of grand issues so it's that thing of it like in your first one think about the story and use your locations then maybe number two color palette yes there's going to be some people there's going to be a spielberg outside the gate that got all of it without overthinking it well this is how i want all these things but i did it in a economical way like even thx 1138 had a lot like he knew what he wanted got it i mean i'm still not i mean it's it's okay it's it's okay but he yeah. got through everything. Yeah. You know, like if you gave that to like some of these movies we've seen, it would have been so different. Like nothing would have matched. And right. Uh, just we, we went to, you know, Walmart and got a bunch of collared shirts. Yeah. But none of them fit anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you're, you're going to go that route, go with fitting. And right. there's some things I'll forgive if you're police outfit like there was whatever one we were watching where this guy, everyone had police uniforms. And it was like, oh, my God, they actually 
rented the right stuff, but one guy's was like two sizes too large. If that's the case, one line, even if it doesn't fit the movie, even if it's a throwaway line, it's like, dude, what's wrong? You know? Yeah. It's uh, mine was dirty and this is all they had in the, you know, at the precinct. Okay. And you don't necessarily need it, but if it's comically too large, I either know need to know why he wears it too large or that's the character flaw. It's like, quit wearing your clothes so baggy. But right. this guy's was like literally that actor couldn't show up and then they hired their friend who was a medium and the guy who was playing the part was an extra large. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like swimming in his, you know, uh. police outfit. And you're like, that's on a moment on the fly going, okay, someone has to see that. Even as a director and you're setting everything going up. That looks a little large. Right. Add this one line. One line that doesn't affect the dialogue. You know, obviously you're making an independent film, so you're not – it's not like it's a word-crafted story. You know, you're not a Christopher Nolan going, oh, I better throw a line in there. Right. You know, everything is going to be well thought out. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if – there's certain things that overpower everything. Huh. Story. I mean – Color palette, all that. You can throw that out the window, even shot selection. Yeah. If you have a compelling story yeah. and compelling characters, or even, not even, not even one or two compelling characters, yeah. they don't all need to be. Because yeah. we understand maybe this is your first, second film. But if you dial in on at least your lead, you say, you know what? I'm not going to stop until I get somebody who really is going to you know, hit this, hit yeah. a home run here. And everyone else could be okay, but at least we can fixate as an audience on this one person's performance and the story is there, then I'm not going to care about the other things. Yeah. But if there's no story, you know, it's just, it just falls apart from there, you know, and then you, you know, one lighting set up, set up for everything. You didn't spend the money on the light. That's another thing. You just spend the money on the lighting and that's what a lot of these, these films don't do. Uh, and that's just more important than people really think it is. Yeah. Um, and that's why people say, oh, this looks low budget. No, it just looks like someone who didn't spend the money and the time on the lighting. Because yeah. that will hide a lot of stuff. And, too, like some things like, uh, granted, it was an old film, um, 80s film with the guy with the laser. Oh, The man- the Dark. Even mm-hmm. though he was, they called him the mangler in the movie, but the movie was The Dark with Casey but- Kasem. It was that thing they got into their news car. Which was just like a sedan, and but they had like a piece of paper almost <laughs> taped on that. And this was a real movie, yeah. That um, co-directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, that literally just said like Channel Nine News. And it's like if you if I'm following the two news reporters to their car and they drive away, I don't need to see that on there. Like yeah, you might put, as well you just not put it on there. Right. It's because they were literally getting into a station wagon. I'll just buy that they have to take their own car. Yeah. To do it. Adding the Channel 9 doesn't sell me anything. It was just more of it stuck out like as – once again, we passively watch everything. They're on. So half the time we're like, what's going on? Well, I guess if we listen to right. the story. Back, background, yeah. Um, it was just one of those things. They back the car out and there's just this white piece of paper. This is, you know, 9 News. And you're like, <laughs> really? I, I knew she was the news reporter. Right. And he was the cameraman. They got in a car. I get it. You couldn't get rent the, the news van. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad you didn't because you literally just put a big piece of paper news on the van. <laughs> well, it's sort of like um, Elliot Silverstein, one of my uh, directing professors, would say, now it's a shot about a sticker on a car when <laughs> it should have been about, you know, these people getting into right. us following them, which we were. Yeah. And now it's like, 
oh, you know, that's Did they break stuff out. like that down in classes? Um, like, like I mean, well, when, they... when, he, when, when he was saying that, it's more like when you make a move uh, with the camera and you sort of move across something, like say I move across this mic stand mm-hmm. and you see the mic stand go across the, the, the frame mm-hmm. and he's like, see, now it's a shot about a mic stand as it's crossing the frame. It's like, I don't need to see oh, okay. those types of things within the thing. If it's not a prominent thing okay, or, or something I'm trying to focus yeah. Uh, I want to focus your attention to. So it's sort of being mindful about those types of shots. He was a very shot-oriented guy, which I liked. Like those things um, when sometimes you'll watch a movie and you'll see this amazing crane shot, but all you're focusing on is, that was an amazing crane shot. Yeah. Because then it became about an amazing crane shot. Right, as exactly. As opposed to an amazing, because it's just so well meticulous. Like, oh my God, they're on the side of the building. Sometimes you're in the action, you're not thinking about it. And then later on, you'll be like, holy shit, that crane shot was amazing. But I guess if you're in the movie thinking that, like you're watching it going, what an amazing crane shot. Maybe they shouldn't have done the amazing crane <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and, and you learn to, you know, kill your babies, you know, um, because as a director, especially as a young director, you want to like, okay, I'm going to have this cool shot. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. We're going to go through there. And um, and you just go in the edit bay, as you know, you yeah. go, dude, it's just slowing the pace down. This really doesn't get us what we need. So you need to really be mindful of what does this get What does this get us? Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Why are we moving the camera? I remember my cinematography instructor, he shot uh, a uh, Dr. Dre video with uh, Snoop. And uh, so Dr. Dre directed it. It's kind is of it, a cool... Is it air quotes directed? Well, you know. I wasn't sure if that's where I mean, it was going. No, it's no, like no. He, not, directed not, no, but to, to be fair he did like this opening shot where we go through this crowd and we go into the window into a house party of a house we go through the window into the party and go through it mm. all and as a shot like it's it's kind of cool <laughs> i'll never forget he was like so he turned to dre after dre was like this is what we're gonna do and uh this is what i want to do he's like totally can do everything you're saying no we're we no. gonna do we're gonna hand the camera off and we're gonna do this he said but you know in film school speak he talked to Dre. he's like why are we doing this oh okay. like why are we moving the camera here like what is this getting us yeah and then dre turns to him and says it's all good and then he was like <laughs> he's like he's like i <clears throat> i knew where i was right there i'm like sure yep go we're gonna do it He's like, I, knew, I know where I know where I am. I'm not gonna. Bring. That's gonna be my answer to everybody right. when they ask me a question. When are we gonna deliver a show? It's all good. Yeah. And then walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I still didn't get an answer. I don't think. Right. Music videos, which I really, that's kind of what I really wanted to do. When I even thought about anything, I always thought oh, I'd probably make a horror film because I liked horror films um, growing up, like most everyone did. I mean, that's usually the big gateway for some reason because those seem easier to do and those are probably the hardest to do like Mm -hmm. in that weird i could do a comedy no you can't comedy's hard yeah i think horror is hard too easy to do obviously we've watched a lot of horror are any good yeah there's two (laughs) i know (laughs) but i and i can see like you look at it going oh i could do this but then i think uh, then i moved to music videos because i think the no rules aspect there's still rules but you can kind of do mm-hmm. like it doesn't make sense. Like, oh man, he's dancing on a boat. Now we're in a warehouse. Why are we in a warehouse <laughs> dancing? Weren't you on a boat? It doesn't matter because right. there's no. It's more of a stream of conscious. And I think I always 
was drawn to that. Mm -hmm. The few music videos I did, they were very somewhat narrative based. So I was like, I didn't even really have a chance. But also, I was young and not once I really even sure of what. And to some of the stuff I wanted to do was that, okay, we're gonna crane down this building. Right, we all have two dollars, and we we can't go to downtown Los Angeles. Okay, we're not craning down that building. You know, so it, it was. I wasn't where I would want to have been then. Could I have been more creative? Probably, but I was also working 80-hour weeks. So I was shooting videos on the weekend very tired. Yeah. So it not an excuse. It was just I could have been more. But I think that's the thing. Is like, it must be weird when you hire someone like a cinematographer that's done features. Like, so why are we doing this shot? It's all good. We're doing it. It's a music video. Okay. Because that yeah. must be a weird – because there aren't – there are rules. There's still rules you have to follow, but – they're looser in music videos yeah you know and i that must be hard for people that are like old school like they yeah. come in there and it's like so we're gonna do this and then we're gonna go right to what <laughs> right i mean i think there's sort of a balance i mean he's sort of saying we can move the camera yeah oh, we should move the camera we should always try to make the music video we have dynamic. to keep moving yeah, yeah yeah but let's do it with some purpose yeah I don't think that this has any purpose. And so after that, he showed us the shot, you know, I mean, sort of biased by what he just told us, but it just didn't, it didn't add anything to anything. It wasn't, it wasn't a shot like say he may have looked at Goodfellas, you know, that shot where we go down into the restaurant and like everyone's talking to uh, Henry and we go through the thing. This really opens us up to his world opens up her to his world and we get to see how he's treated we get to see the fact that we're going through the back way you know that he has all this privilege and it's sort of choreographed in a way where it really tells us a lot about him yeah so i think what he's saying is yeah we can do all this we can go through the party and it's a and he's a, he's a, it's a cool shot yeah but ultimately Let's try to do something that is a cool shot, but also has a purpose where, you know, in other words, I don't think we could really convey what we just conveyed with just, you know, a couple of cuts. I think we had to do this shot. Mm -hmm. So it just has that sort of importance because if you're going to do a shot like that, at some point, you know, the viewer is going to be like, oh, we're steady cam. We're going through this. We're going through this. This is kind of a cool shot. Yeah. That's all you're thinking. can take someone out of the movie and is this one of those shots that before the music even starts or is this with i think so So it's like it's the very first so because sometimes it's you forgive things if like you know the music starting the camera's doing something you're like well i'm in the music video but if it's that thing of like because some videos just are some people do these epic videos where it's like you know five minutes of story before the song starts and you're like i just want to see the music video look i don't need to see michael jackson as you know a white principal dancing with bones, <laughs> you know, as ghosts or yeah. whatever. I know. I'm, I was the same way. I was like, you know, just get on to the video. I just don't need to. It's cool the first time when MTV used to premiere that time. stuff. It's like, here's like the new Dre video. It's a 10-minute epic. And you're like, wow, that was really cool. And then they just show the rate, the video edit later. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm never going to watch the front of that again. I just wonder if like in the beginning when they started doing that and they, you know, premiered the whole thing. If they, when they did a re, when they reran it, if they did the whole thing again and they realized, dude, this, no one's going to watch this whole thing again. Yeah. Cause the first time I saw it and then the next time I saw it, it was an edit, just a music video. It's like, yeah, that's all I want to see. Yeah. That's all I came to see. I mean, the other stuff is 
like you said, first time, fine. You know, oh, Michael Jackson and yeah. another, but or whoever in another. Yeah, I don't know the last time I've watched the thirty-minute version of Thriller. Yeah, which is still that's a it's a John Landis movie. So right, that's totally. a little different. I mean, you're watching a John Landis short with Michael Jackson in it. But honestly, I don't sit there seeking that out. Oh, man, I need to see the whole... It's probably every 10 years. Remember Thriller? Yeah. Then I'll watch all of Thriller, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really about the music and yeah. the, you know, dancing and the sort of the the, the 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 excitement of it happens when the music video happens. The stuff leading up to it is fine. Yeah. You know, but, you know, you just want to get to it. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that uh, for that... Playing with dolls, Metal Face movie. I have to say, the cinematography was not the problem, no. and not at all. Locations, it was, it was fine. Locations, I mean, everything was fine. Um, like if that one, the story, the idea of the story, fine. Yeah. Like what, the execution of the story. Yeah. What was the? It, it's it's just the execution, you know, and it's, you know, I'm not. I would never sit here and say it's an easy thing to do, right. but it's something that I think. You know what? Take a little more time on just the story. I know it's a beast to, you know, mount a production and do all that. So you're going to put all your time into, like, getting locations, making sure. Not really, because he did them back to back. He did one each year. So, yes. But in general. But in in general, (laughs) you're like, oh, man, I got to somehow make this movie work and get all these people to to help you and work with you. Um, So, the story kind of you sort of lose sight of that, which is fine if before all that happens you have a rock solid idea yeah. and a rock solid story. So I would say spend more time on that. And I know people are eager to start making movies or whatever or scheduling or whatever, yeah. but you just need to spend a little more time with the story. That's what I've been told in film school, <laughs> and that's what will move us. You know, when I was. In the uh, acting or interim dean's uh, office, asking for money for my short, mm-hmm. and uh, you know my budget was like you know fifty grand, and he laughed, and he was like, "What? What is this? Fifty? Fifty grand? You're gonna spend fifty? He's like, "Look, I suggest," and this guy, you know, is rich. Yeah. And he's like, "Look, I suggest spending no more than ten under 10 if you can because all this uh <laughs> he's old school he's like yeah. all this like production design and i don't care what kind of production design you do in hollywood they can do it much better and they got the people that can do it no. they're not looking for that they're looking for in this short amount of time can you move an audience how is the story yeah and if your story is good you don't need to spend that much money it was really wise advice yeah. i didn't take it but it was really wise <laughs> advice in retrospect i should have taken i should have <laughs> taken it because that's really what it was about and the, the the friend of mine who a classmate of mine who friend uh who ended up uh spending that he's like i'm not spending more than 10 doing black and white two actors that were kids uh simple story one location one the uh palm door at can you know, and it's just like, oh, okay. Well, let me see yours. What'd you spend? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be blown away. I mean, you saw what, my, what I do with ten. You must have, right? <laughs> I know. And you're like, oh, I think my thing broke, and you just burn your film. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think he was too. Like, we're just 
I was in film school. Like, we always wondered from the people who came before us, we were like, when they would come talk to us about, you know, uh, and have it give us advice about making our films, the first question was, how much did you spend? Yeah. You know, and most of them spent, you know, uh, 10 or 15, but like, some of them spent like 30 or 40. Yeah. They did very well. Yeah. But, we were just like, oh my god, we, I didn't know. I'm, I don't want to spend anything like right. that. And then when you get in the class, the producing class, and then you get to that point, and you you're like, the, I want. You're 50. like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, this budget is gonna be, but I need it. I need. It. And then you just get greedy, and you yeah. realize you're just in love with the whole process yeah. and like spending money because it's kind of what you you have to do for that this 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 runaway train of an idea that you have. But at the end of the day, you should just really scale it back. Really think about the story. If it's a short, it's all about one moment. And those are the ones that are really effective. If it's a feature, you know, you have a little more time to uh, get the audience on board with you. But it's still a lot more moving parts. It's harder to do uh, production-wise. You know, I just think a lot of these filmmakers... That we're uh, films that we're watching, they just they just don't have an appreciation for like what are we doing with this this frame? What are we right. saying? What are we you know? It's a joke in film school. It's like what are we saying with this frame here? You know what we said pretty much in the last frame. It's like it's twenty four <laughs> of them. So right, <laughs> should we say what are we saying with these twenty four frames right. as opposed to this one frame? Um, yeah, but do you think? Yeah, I get it, too, because I imagine when you're the young guy and they're bringing the graduating class in and and you're seeing that, it's like, yeah, but you you spent your 10 poorly. I'm going to spend my 20 correctly. Of course, that's exactly, exactly what we thought. Then, then four years go by yeah. and you're like, oh, I made the exact yeah. same mistakes. I should have really listened. Yeah. And, and then that one kid that spent the 10 in his palm door was like, listen, and went, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> I guess it, I get it. It's youth arrogance is always going to win over something like that. It's like, pfft. You didn't know how to spend your yeah. 50, right? I yeah. saw your movie, Hack. Yeah. Just just the conversations after that class when they came to talk to us was just the most arrogant, you know. <laughs> uh, my film is, oh, I would never spend that much. But the, every last one who said, I would never spend. Can you believe he spent 30 grand on that? Yeah. 50 grand, yeah. 60 grand, 70 grand. They all just spent. And those are the people like before you that were literally doing just film. Yeah, like that 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 class before you, yeah, was we're all, the ones that's like all film. Look, I spent you know ten grand and I was using film. Oh, you know now you're spending twenty going digital. I know you did film, but like those old school film people coming in going, look, don't spend over ten, you know, and that's ten in film money, which is eats up way quicker if you're like yeah. doing something now with. Like, say, even your iPhone or something. Right. Because now, I mean, obviously, with uh, even the, the even like a Canon 5D, you know, you can get away with a lot more. Imagine those film people going, doing doing 10. It's like, well, my camera was 1,000, so I'm good. Right. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, you deal with short ends and stuff like that. But then you pay for lighting. There's certain crew members that are not going to work for free, so you got to pay them. Okay. Locations, meals, uh, wardrobe big cost that I had was, uh, you know, set dressing that was sort of going to rental house and renting that stuff. I was a period piece, you know? So, wow, you made so yeah. many mistakes. <laughs> it was just like, I'm doing this. Cause I was going to shoot 35. 
uh, and do short ends. I shot 35 for a couple of VFX scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bought that stuff new, which was expensive. It was like a thousand dollars. It was a student rate. It's a thousand dollars for ten minutes of film. Wow. Yeah, that was so that hurt. Um, but I didn't want to do short ends because it was like, what if what if something happens? Mm-hmm. Um, so I shot 16 because it sort of plays into the well, you know, because you've been yeah, yeah. transferring film. Uh, it plays into like the nostalgia of that oh, yeah. time, and so I was like, okay, I'll do that to tell myself, you know, I can't shoot 35, yeah. which I wanted to do, and then I'll just um, spend money on set dressing and stuff so like that. Arrogant Color. young John going, do your guy. All right, I need fifty thousand. I'm shooting 35, a 1700 period piece. <laughs> uh, it takes place at a castle. The advisor just closes his book, <laughs> gets up, and walks out. Hello? <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone else is like, okay, I'm going to shoot it in my bedroom. I have two friends, and this is what I'm going to do. All right, keep working on the story. Flesh out. John in there. I'm going to shoot 70. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just feel the latitude that 70 gives me is going to sell. I know. And I think it's his sort of uh, thing was like he gets students come in and, and, and ask for money. Not many new to do that yeah. but i heard from someone else that that's what you could do and then that was a fund yeah and uh the guy sort of made me sing for my supper you know he just sort of attacked me in my whole approach until like you know at the end of the meeting he's like okay so there's some money i can get for you he ended up giving me like money from a fund and another thing that i'm still a part of today uh, a grant that was good but like that whole meeting was just like just basically telling me this what yeah. you're doing is not the way to approach it right which i in retrospect you know i he was totally right yeah you know because i guess he's in the rich for a reason he's like look don't put all of your money into this yeah if you want to get it out just like put just a little bit in you know spend the capital and like the story and stuff like that don't worry about all the other stuff unless you came in it's like look there's a feature i'm going to shoot for 50 grand like I mean, well, if you're doing like feature, yeah, like doing your you know like the clerks thing or something, or even um, you know a Richard Linkletter, it's like where all those people spend like you know fifty grand. Where if you came in, here's my story. This is how I'm going to shoot it fifty, but I'm going to get a feature. That makes sense. Like all right, well then you might be able to shop your feature. And right. this was pre just throwing it up on Amazon. Right. Like this would have been right. No, totally. I have a feature to sh- shop around as opposed to a short to shop around because someone could look at that feature and that's good enough for international distro. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give you five grand for it. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, because you, you're young. And oh, you that's how whatever. Oh, you're gonna give me any money? And you're gonna put it somewhere? Right. It might be in a theater. I'll take it. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I could see that too. It's like, especially, I mean, you know, you're coming in there. It's like I'm gonna bet all my money on this ten minutes. All right. Yeah, let's, and, and let's that's look. what we were doing. And it's like, let me slow your roll a little bit, and uh, maybe bring that down realistically. Yeah. You hear things in the edit room like. You know what? I'm shooting 35 because I may never get to shoot 35 again. Or I may, part of it was digital, but part of it was like, I may never make a movie again in my life. And it's like people start putting all their eggs in this one basket. Yeah. And I think what they were trying to tell us was look, this is the, you're in school. This is the beginning. Not even the beginning, but the beginning, you know. graduate to the other stuff out when you get out of here but you know don't put everything in there it was one film 
one person did shoot 70 uh spent 250 wow and i mean how long eh it was a world war ii drama it was i don't know 15 minutes i mean it could could only be so long oh okay it's probably 12 15 minutes wow and again 250 is a lot of money but for a battle yeah it's just not it just wasn't it wasn't there like it needed to be it needed to be maybe a if it was a short maybe a two million dollar short okay today with the effects you probably can get away. You could you could do it. Yeah. But back how, then, how was that know. battle compared to like War Raiders that we watched? It was it was better and similar in some parts. Okay. Just because of I think staging and if you sell a battle, you know, yeah, you got to sell it. You got to yeah. go saving Private Ryan, Full Metal. Like you got to completely dress set and it has to completely be expansive yeah you know you, you can't really do that without the money without no. or without the effects unless you're doing a um like a world war one trench thing where you don't leave the trench look we're only going to stay in this one part okay that was in there the oh. trench was in there but then again it's sort of like the, go back to the uh police station we're in the trenches it's fine but when we go wide yeah it's like it should have been like we're never leaving the trench, and that's the story. Yeah, of these people not leaving the trench. Maybe the last shot they all climb up. Cut right. credits. <laughs> <laughs> credits. It, it it and that like I admired it. I admired the fact that it was wow shot yeah. scope, and it was it's like wow this is a this is this is great. Yeah. Like someone spent money on yeah. this, but ultimately. I had to go back to the story, you know. The story didn't, like, track as well as it should have because I think a lot of time was spent into just making it a battle. All of the stuff I can forgive if, like, the story and the the acting and... Yeah, like, if that battle was like, look, it's weak, we get it, you didn't have 400 extras, but, man, your story was tight. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, is it funny to look back? I know we talk about this a lot. To look back of you going, "Oh man, I may never make a film," and you know, when we get to the real world, this and that. And now, I mean, it's been time. It's not like it was last year, but literally, like your 4K iPhone, you could literally go shoot a legit feature Soderbergh style and get it. I mean, it's that weird thing of your mindset. Then it's like this might be the last time I can. I mean, I'll have a regular job. I can't just rent film equipment on the weekend, right? But then cut to some time and going. Oh, I can do this now. Like, I mean, because at the time, it probably didn't seem like you could do it outside unless I do this, this, and this. I'll never be able to do this on the weekend unless I just dump every credit card into film packages and film and processing and editing. And right. now, not that you can just do it all on your iPhone. You should, Once again, like we always say, story's king. You still have to have a story. But you could just shoot your film now. Like, oh, I got a little gimbal for my iPhone. I kind of know what my story is. And I shot a 4K movie. Right, and, and that's sort of what, um, at least I'm going to speak for myself, but that's sort of what I'm fighting is like, you know, f- filmmaking still, though, is a rich man's art, right. a rich person's art. And so it is cost prohibitive to, to do something like that. If you want to make a short, you know, you're going to have to go, look, I'm, I got two grand and I'm yeah. going to go out and shoot something. And that today, that film is a lot, can be a lot better than the film back then which can be like 
I don't know how I'm going to do this. I guess I'm going to shoot video. Yeah. And it's wasn't, you know, it, the the options, like you say, the 4K iPhone or whatever, weren't available to yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, And so that's what I mean. It was like, at the time, you didn't think there was that future. Yeah, the digital at the time was, people were playing with it, but it wasn't what it was, or what it is now. Yeah. So, but the idea that you could still shoot something to, you know, portray something, like, you could use that as a reel. Look, here's a film I shot. Yeah, it's digital, but you'll get the story aspect of yeah. it. It just won't look great. Right. And now it's even with the right lens on an iPhone, it'll look really good. I mean, you have to do a little extra work because it's an iPhone, but or even if the Canon, you know, go shoot your feature with a Canon like you, other people do. You you totally you totally could. And again, if the story's <laughs> good, doesn't matter. Well, and that's that thing too, like like you're saying with the Richmond thing. It's like Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs. Once again, he got the right people behind him. He had a good story. Shot it cheap. Hey, we're a location. Yeah. And even the police stuff worked pretty good because they kept it so segmented. You just saw people running towards uh, uh, after Steve Buscemi, but it was all quick. Right. But then you think then his last one, it's like, I want to shoot 70 like my hero. All right, sure. Because he became that person, then they just gave what? him the toys to do whatever. And then, hey, we're just going to be in one location. But yeah. I get to shoot film. I know. 70. He's he's spending his capital. He, he yeah. has the clout to do it. You know, Um but you know, yeah, he knew what he had to do uh, for Reservoir Dogs. He knew he just could only have, you know, he had a producer behind him, but he he only had a, a finite amount of money and time, and you know, probably had actors who was like, look, Quentin Tarantillo or yeah. whatever it is your name is. I got a couple of days because I'm a working actor, right. whatever. I mean, I like the script and all, but you know, yeah, it's that thing. I'm doing it because Harvey got behind uh, um, Kaitel, not Weinstein, at the time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was just like he got it in the right hands and the script was solid. Mm-hmm. But still, it was like, look, you, you can shoot your warehouse movie. That's fine. And he just got lucky that that friend knew a friend that got that person on. Hey, this young kid has a pretty good script. And then that just worked in that favor. Right. Because, I mean, you look at, I mean, just go back to Kirk's shot himself, but none of those guys are... You don't look at that going, oh, so that's where he got his start. That's where he's got his start. Kevin got his start from that. Those yeah. guys have sort of filtered around, but no one is, you know, no one's Tim Roth from right. Clerks. So it's that script could have been a, any of the films we saw in the wrong acting hands because he, he writes a lot of dialogue. And, you know, you're getting some of these people. You're going, ugh, that's, that's a lot of speech you're giving that one guy. Right. But he gave it to the right people. I mean, that's one of those things. He had everything going for him. You know, he just got the right person read it that got to the right person. I mean, that's just a lot of luck. You know, he didn't shoot it himself. It's independent, but it wasn't like he called up on some people and those people became Harvey Keitel. Right, of course. Steve Buscemi. They were already them, you know. They were just in their younger state, but they were already somebody. It wasn't like he made that movie and all those guys became the most famous actors. Right. And I think you think about, like, from that film to the film he's making presently like in reservoir dogs he's very smartly went to people where their careers were either like on the slide or new or new or just like they didn't they weren't like red hot you know stars of the day so maybe looking for something looking for some meat looking for a good script and so he's gonna write for those people because he knows practically 
those are the people I can get. Yeah. And these are the people I admire. I'm going to get a character actor who's always third banana as the star. Yeah. They're going to eat it up because they've always been the neighbor's friend. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want me as the lead? Yeah, because he watched those movies like, that guy's really good. Yeah. Too bad he's not doing more. Right. You know. And they'll kill it with this, you know. Uh, whereas today he's making a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. I mean, not exactly a has-been, yeah. you know, actors. Yeah, and all he does, it's like it's A-list, 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 A-list. Oh, that person from the 70s. Right. A person from the 80s. A-list, A-list. So yeah. it's like people he still wants to work with. Totally. But it is just, it is 100% A-list. Right. Yeah. So, I mean... But he has that, you know, he has that uh, clout now to do that because people want to work with him. But, you know, he's always going to put in that one person that, like, you haven't heard of since yeah. the 70s or maybe never heard of, depending on how yeah. old you are. But yeah, Don Lewis is going to be in my movie. Right. <laughs> like, she's going to kill this role. And she's like, I he, made so much money writing that theme song. I don't need okay. to act anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's probably true. <laughs> Um, All right, for our last 10 minutes, going back to the escape room and how movies are made based on a meme. Hey, shout out to Zach. Uh, All right, today is Saturday. It's when we record. Catter Day, as the Twitter likes to call it. Everyone posts photos of cats, and they called it Catter Day. One, how has it not become a thing because it's been two years? John, what is your Catter Day pitch? Someone goes, hey, John. Catterday seems to trend a lot. We want to make a movie called Catterday. Is there is there like a genre or doesn't matter? It's Catterday. Doesn't matter. Catterday. Oh my god! It um, actually probably has doesn't have to have anything to do with cats if you don't want it to be. <laughs> We've seen enough movies where it's like, oh, is this the? This had nothing to do with what you pitched me. You know, I mean, Catterday to me automatically sounds like a like a horror. Kind of kind of, camp, and it's cats. campy movie, yeah. But I would have cats in it, you know. And but I would I would sort of set it in a, a you know, in a very original horror location, like a, a cabin in the woods. Yeah, of course. And um, and have, you know, a couple guys, but just a bunch of women, just sort of being like this hit the boiling point on this trip okay and so sort of like in those i don't really i don't watch them but like the real housewives sort of like have them be really catty with each other and just sort of have them go at each other okay um but sprinkled throughout the movie are shots of their cats and sort of the sort of foreboding uh uh, ominous light okay. uh, for some reason, you know, and and there's no story here, but I would sort of that's sort of the setting that I would do, just sort of just play on like cats. Because okay. I don't want to make a movie about cats. I don't. I'm not gonna make a fluffy movie about <laughs> cats, and you know, uh, oh, it just. It would, but isn't it funny though? Like your first thought. I mean, which would would have been my first thoughts. Catternet. All right, it's a horror film. Yeah. Because that's yeah. kind of what you would... Yeah. Otherwise, if it was Catterday starring, you know, Jennifer Garner and... Although that would work too, really. Yeah. yeah. It's Catterday with Jennifer Garner. Yeah. This is a sweet family movie. Who adopts a cat after her mom dies and yeah. realizes, you know... On a set. Her, yeah. Her yeah. essence of the mom is in the cat she yeah. adopted. 
credits. So every Saturday she I, and you go okay. Yeah. Then you go you sort of write into lifetime, lifetime, lifetime. You need to pull back. Okay, try to write. And it's like, yeah, this one every never see. Interior, lifetime movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you never just write the scene. You're just like <laughs> everything. Exterior stock shot, lifetime. Yeah. And that's it. There's the word lifetime. It's just like is. there's no way this movie can ever be written without it. It traveling into the lifetime interior lifetime and or yeah. hallmark <laughs> just like we're working it just in end. case i don't know yeah i think that's all you can really do unless um i don't know like it, it could also movie. it could also be a horror movie with you know like a very creepy one with like cats like cujo for cats yeah you know could yeah i mean that 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 or um I don't know. You could like do a space movie. I like space movies, but I don't know what you do with a cat space I, movie. I, I mean, I like it. I'm just trying to think. Maybe, oh, it is. It is known in history as Catter Day because that's when the alien race of cats came okay. and attacked Earth. Then it's a space epic. That's kind of. I mean, that's. I think actually. that's kind of how you have to go. And then I don't know. Ideally, it's just like the. I don't know if you do CGI. I think you just go full makeup. Yeah. Like CGI. I, I think you go just. No, I think you do too. Just, yeah, just yeah. makeup. So is this sort of like. Planet of the Planet Apes. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. 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 It's Catterday. Do they then, sort of converge on the earth? Like they sort of come out like these sort of cats come out of the sky. Every. How about every. The ship is shaped like a cat. There you go. Cat box. <laughs> <laughs> Although they wouldn't know what a cat box is because they come from a planet of their own. No, maybe every 20 years, uh-oh, Catter Day's coming. Every 20 years, this wave comes. Yeah. And then we have to fight back. We're in the third cycle, so we're ready for Catter Day. I like that. Well, would, would you also, could you also do Thundercats the movie? Catter Day. I would, yeah. Thundercats, <laughs> colon, Catter, Catter Day. Day. Yeah, I think that's actually the way you just yeah. go. Because it just seems weird. It's like, they, they it's been trending, and it's just sort of Catter Day. It's like... I am surprised we haven't had a Catterday movie. Right. Because, I mean, honestly, it could be – it does kind of – I mean, obviously, your first thought is horror because cats suck and they'll they'll scratch and kill you. But then also there's the fluffy lifetime story right. of, you know, you know <laughs> some guy down on his luck rescues a cat. It's basically um, – oh, what was the Coen Brothers movie with uh, Oscar Isaac and the cat? It was a singer. It was – yeah, I know the movie. I'm just trying to think of what the title was. I don't know why people love that movie. It was okay. Lou Lewin Davis, like oh yeah, Inside Inside Lewin Davis, Davis. yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's something close to that. But I think basically you just call that Catter Day because basically you just walked around with a cat <laughs> all the time. So I don't know. I think um, we'll have to revisit Catter Day and uh, to really hash out uh, the Catter Day. Every week we should just find some sort we of just some just Twitter hashtag yeah. and just go. All right, that's the next movie. Totally. I mean, if they're making movies on memes and escape rooms and stuff, I, I mean, how is Catterday not a thing? It's yeah, it's 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 going it to like be now. It seems to be the easiest Bloomhouse movie. Exactly. It's like all right, Just, get get Monkey Paw to produce it, Bloomhouse to produce it, and then there I, you go. I thought Bloomhouse would jump on Escape Room. Uh, did they do that or no? Who does? Escape I don't room? know. So it right, was before, a Sony Sony movie. Before we end, uh. Catterday, which I'll just call this podcast because why not? Um, I am going to uninterestingly open up IMDb and look up Escape Room, but it's also in January, which, as we know, sucks for release dates. Yeah, like a like an early January, so you just just missed it. But to have your horror movie 
which is kind of good to promote it in October, like around Halloween. Yeah. But it's not coming out in Halloween. It's coming out in January. Oh, man. I can't wait to watch Escape Room. Uh, in January. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Escape Room. Oh, my God. This is going to be such a great horror film. Oh, in January. Oh, okay. Escape Room. I actually got good people in it, though. It's got uh, Tyler Labine. Mm-hmm. Deborah Ann Wall. She's great in... She's great in You're the Worst, but she's in Stan vs. Evil, which I, I don't see. Which I haven't seen, which I hear is really good. Nick Dudani, he was in Atypical on Netflix, which is really good. I'm just going to read names because that's fun. Doesn't, let's see, full cast and crew. I guess I'll be under production company. App is weird. I don't know how to do Oh, this. I'll just look under produced by. No one I know. So hmm. there you go. But let's, uh, might as well give, give a shout out to Adam Robitel as huh. the director. Born in 1978. All right. Already hate him. <laughs> As a director, this will be his 10th thing, mostly shorts. Oh, he did an Insidious. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. Not Look, I'm not shitting on you, Adam. Uh, good. If, if, I don't even remember his name if it was Adam. But he did an Insidious. That's how he got Escape Room. Yeah. So that makes sense. Escape Room, everyone. February. Six strangers find themselves uh, in circumstances beyond their control in an escape room. So it's not really beyond their control. They chose to actually. They did choose that. But don't forget, January 2020, Catterday. There it is. It's going to be, oh, it's going to light up the box office. We'll be shooting at 4K on our iPhone. <laughs> and uh, story be damned. All right, everyone, that's been Catterday. This is Robert. This is John. Take it easy. Take it easy.